I'm going to deal with the revelation of return, part number three, and I'm entitling this the fight for your face. And I, and, and, and I, want, I want you to remember that there is a fight for your face. I'm going to title it the fight for your face. And I'm going to share some things with you today that I believe will help. Again, us make those adjustments. Many times people do not properly benefit from prophetic word because they don't understand that that prophetic word is there to help them make adjustments. Amen. Not there simply to point out things that may be off or whatever, but it's to help make adjustments so God's favor can flow in your life. And so um, let me take you uh, to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse number 27. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah chapter 2. Verse number 27. I'm just going to read this one verse, but I will jump around in it some, and I'm going to reference other verses as well. Jeremiah 2 verse 27 says, and this is God now giving Israel a list of things that he needs them to, sh to make adjustments on. He's helping them see their spiritual condition. He's helping them see what they can't see. And he's using the prophetic ministry to do it, to give them a revelation of their spiritual condition so they can make some adjustments, right? He says in, in Jeremiah 2 verse 27, one of, what, what, one of the issues that I have with you is you say to a stock, thou art my father, and to a stone thou hast brought me forth. He goes on to say, for they have turned their back unto me and not their face. But in the time of trouble, they will say, arise and save us. Read that again. He says, you will say to a stock, an idol, thou art my father, a created God. And to a stone, thou hast brought me forth. For they have turned their back unto me and not their face. But in the time of trouble, they will say, arise and save us. Jeremy, tell your neighbor, there's a fight for your face. Somebody else will tell them there's a fight for your face. Father, we thank you and we bless you right now for the power on the preach word of God today. Spirit of revelation and inspiration. Come. Give eyes to see. Give ears to hear. Give a mind to understand. What your spirit is speaking to the church of Jesus Christ. And we'll bless you for it. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to understand something about the prophet Jeremiah um, and his purpose as a prophet and why that purpose is so still important and why it's so yet and still has relevance in our lives today. His, 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 his assignment, he, he's very important 
um, literally as a prophet um, because of his prophetic standpoint. He has a he has a he has a, a prophetic standpoint um, about him. His assignment um, to Israel was literally to declare um, a prophetic warning to God's people of, of get this of their current lifestyles, their 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 ways and their sins and their mindsets that God was requiring them to repent from. Or they would go into captivity. God wasn't saying you're going into captivity. But he was saying through the prophet. If you do not adjust your mindset. Your lifestyle. Your sin habit. You are going to go into captivity. So he comes with the prophetic warning. Of the mindsets. The lifestyles. The sins of God. God's people that we would understand today the people in church that would have that ultimately would leave them in bondage amen we understand that Israel never made the adjustments we understand that Israel never repented Babylon came in Babylon enslaved Israel brought them out of Israel made them um, slaves in Babylon because they never made the lifestyle adjustments they never made the mindset adjustments they never made the sin adjustments and so what we must understand is is as we examine their carnality as we examine their sin as we examine their lack of focus on God that these people the people of God actually walked in we we gain prophetic insight into the mindsets, the lifestyles, the sins, and the carnality that will ultimately hand us over today to bondage. There have never been so many people in church that are in bondage, that are in Babylon. What is Babylon? Confusion confusion that we've never had so many people in the church that are confused we never had so many people in the church that are stuck we've never had so many people in the church that are bound but come to church every week and so many people in the church are in captivity to fear come on captivity to hurt i just can't get over how they treated me how they left me captivity to addiction captivity to depression captivity to dysfunction i'm okay today but i'm not okay tomorrow and many times What's the what the problem is because there's not a prophetic presence these people don't understand we as believers don't understand that the devil didn't force us there a lack of responding to a prophetic warning is what led us there there was something said we didn't properly respond to and if we don't respond properly to the prophetic declaration captivity is ahead there are always certain lifestyles. There are always certain mindsets. There are always, uh, literally living with a lack of focus on God will always hand us over to captivity eventually. We'll live in bondage. And so uh, many people are believing that they are in bondage in church, hearing the word, getting hands laid on them, being anointed, hearing prophecies, having breakthroughs, but yet still going into bondage. They're believing that the devil has a power he doesn't because we're not heeding nor recognizing the prophetic warning and making the proper adjustments. 
Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 27 points out one of these lifestyles that I believe is big. One of these lifestyles that lead to captivity that if we don't make the adjustment, we'll, all, we'll either already be bound and, uh, back and forth into bondage or we're eventually going to be bound. That one of those uh, lifestyles that lead to captivity is, get this, living with our back turned to God. I believe that there's an epidemic in the church of people who are living with their back turned to God. That's what he says in Jeremiah 2 verse 27. He says, for they have turned their back unto me, right? And not their face. I believe that's the problem. And then right away, what's the religious people's response? The religious believer says, now, you ain't talking about me. I already know this word ain't for me because I didn't turn my back on God. I go to church. I still pray. Come on. I watch Facebook live preaching. I know for sure. I ain't turned my back on God. Can I help you understand something? Israel never stopped having services, yet they had turned their back on God. Israel had never stopped sacrificing in the temple, yet they had turned their back on God. Israel had never stopped calling on God when they need help. Every time they needed help, call on them. If you don't know how to do nothing else, call on Jesus when you need help. They knew how to do that, yet they had turned their back on God. So why did God send a prophet to prophesy to God's people that they had to turn their that they had turned their back to him? The reason why is because the people who had turned their back on God, who were actually God's people, did not know that they had turned their back to him. And so God needed the power of the prophetic ministry to prophesy as a revelation. People needed a revelation that they had turned their back on God because you ain't going to tell me. I turned my back on God. Amen. They needed a revelation. Because if they didn't get that revelation, they were going to continue to go into captivity. They were going to continue to experience bondage. They were going to continue to experience dysfunction. Now I want you to notice this, what Jeremiah says. I'm going back to Jeremiah 2 verse 27. This is a simple word today and I need you to get it in your spirit. Jeremiah 2 verse 27, he says, for they have turned their back unto me and not their face. I want you to notice the relationship. I want you to notice the interplay between our back and our face. He says, they have turned their back to me and not their face. In other words, watch this, what we have, uh, what has our face dictates what has our back. I'm going somewhere with this. So if the enemy can get our face, he knows by default we'll give God our back. Because what we have our face to, simple, dictates what we have our back to. So he gets us to turn our back on God, not by openly rejecting God, but by attacking our attention. 
Because if I can attack your attention and I can fight for your face, glory be to God, that's what I'm about to talk about in a minute, then I can get you to turn your back on God without realizing that's what you've done. Follow me, follow me, follow me. One of my favorite scriptures when I first got saved that I always quoted and I thank God that I did because it put a holy root down on the inside of me that would keep me rooted when the world tried to pull on me. It is 1 John chapter 2 verse number 15. I, I want you to catch this verse and I'm going to deal with this back in this face. Watch this now. 1 John, watch this, 2 and 15. He says, love not the world. Neither the things of the world. For if you love the, the love of the is not. What that means is everything of the world is facing one way and everything of God is facing another way. You can never face God and the world at the same time. Follow me and follow me well. I need the world. Who's going to be the world for me? Come on and be the world. I need somebody to be God for me. Somebody who's, who's going to be God. Now y'all know y'all want to be God. Come on this side. Come on this side. The world is on this side. And God is on this side. God says, love not the world, neither the things of the world. For if you love the world, what? The love of the Father is not in you. That means that the world and God are on two different sides. And the only way you can face one is to turn your back on the other. If I am going to love God, I am going to face God. And if I'm going to face God, I'm going to turn my back on the world. If I'm going to love the world, then I'm going to face the world, which means I'm going to turn my back on. But I cannot have the world and God. I cannot have sin and God. I cannot have carnality and God. If my face is turned towards one, my back is turned toward the other. He said, my problem with you is you've turned your back to me and not your face. In other words, sin has your attention. Carnality has your attention. Worldliness has your attention. As a matter of fact, didn't I name this a fight for your face? That's why God, that's why the devil sent Facebook. That's one of the real reasons why he sent Facebook. Let me attack your attention. I know to be quiet because I ain't turned my back on God. Even though I scroll more than I pray. I ain't turn my back on God. Even though I read posts more than I read the Bible, I ain't turn my back on God. I know you're going to be quiet. Facebook is an attack on your faith. I'll send you notifications. I'll send you dings. I'll send you texts. I'll keep your face when you want to pray. You up there checking your phone because the devil wants to pull your face from him. When you're trying, glory be to God, to get in your word, you're checking a text. Your phone is dinging. Why? Because there's a fight for your face. Because what I have my face to dictates what I have my back to. And I've spent my entire day in Facebook. I've spent my entire day on. 
TikTok. I spent my entire day on Amazon. I spent my entire I spent my entire day shopping. I spent my entire day talking. My face has been towards the things of the world all day. And now it's four o'clock. And apostle said we're gonna do a pop-up prayer service at seven. Man, he should have told me ahead of time. I, there is no way I'm coming. I ain't facing that. I don't want that. I ain't looking for that. I ain't hungry for that. I ain't passionate about that. I don't want that. Now, if I would have called Pap Papa prayer and you were facing this way, if you were facing God when you heard the, why are you quiet? Anything to get your face, it don't matter how significant it is. The devil wants your face. And so we're living in a season and we're living in a time where saints are coming to church, but they're facing the world. They're facing carnality. They're facing sin. Amen. They're facing all of these things. Amen. And the problem is this. God is a leader, not a follower. How am I going to follow him and I ain't even facing him? See, what we think is, this is what we think we can do. We think we can turn our back on God and then when we're ready, go back to him. I'll go back when I'm ready. But he's a leader, not a follower. So while our back is turned, he's moving. He's moving. Just move somewhere and stop. He's moving. But I got, I'm facing the world. Move again. You can move around the sanctuary anyway. He's moving. Move again. He's moving. Amen. And then what happens is, okay, now I want to get back with God. That right there. Now I want to get back with God. So I'm going to go back to where I was last with him. Y'all don't want to talk to me up in here. So now I want to turn around. My back has been turned. I would have been to know he busted a move. I would have, if I'd have had my face to him, I would have been to know he clocked the right. If I'd have had my face turned to him, I would have been to know he moved forward if I had my face turned to him. So now I go try to go back to where he last was and figure out he ain't there no more. I pray and nothing happens. I praise and nothing happens. I seek God and nothing happens. I tried to read like I used to, but I can't read like I used to because you turn your back to a leader. He is a leader. Not a, he's not going to follow us in our foolishness. He's not going to follow us in our carnality. Those who are led by the Spirit of God. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, wake up. know how many ways we God can say this wake up so we turn around and we find it hard to find our prayer life again ain't it there's saints that are right where I'm at right now we find it hard to find our passion again ain't it come on we, 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 we find it hard to find a desire to serve. Come on, you turn your back on God, and then you come back to church and all the, all the assignments that you have. You ain't going to want to do Where was my want to do it? God done moved on. You're right. He did move on. He, he ain't telling you to move on. He's telling you to move where he was. 
where he's moved to. So, so God has moved on. Glory be to God. So it ain't hidden no more. So I'm not being touched no more. So God is not changing me anymore. And the only way that I'm going to get back in the flow of God is figure out that I can't follow him while I face him. I can't follow God while I follow the world. I can't follow God while I follow everybody on TikTok. I cannot follow God while I follow everybody's story. Follow God while I follow every sports team. I can't follow God while I follow every new style. I can't follow God while I follow every new way they're building houses. Oh, I love to see new houses. Oh, I love to do this. And my question is, where is your face? The devil don't mind how he gets your face. Because he knows by default you turn your back. God love not the world neither the things of the world for if you love the world the love of the father come on back God the love of the father is not in you the sad thing that I see is people will get saved I mean they will get saved glory be to God God will save them and deliver them and the first thing they do is get with a carnal Christian. You, a carnal, man, any Christian that you call that never wants to talk about God, how are you a follower of God and you will never bring up a conversation about him? Why am I the one dampening the mood because I actually want to talk about God while you want to talk about something you didn't have your face in besides him? You mess around and get with a carnal Christian that's facing this way after God turned you this way and two weeks later you're right back where you started. You are not backslidden because you ain't got grace to walk with God. You're backslidden because the buddies and the people that are around you ain't really facing God themselves. It would be good if I called my friend and you say, let me call you back. I'm in prayer right now. Come on. It would be good if I called my friend and said, man, uh, let me share this with you. I was in Zechariah on this morning and there was a revelation that I believe will bless your life. We're living in a generation where folks get mad to uh, uh, mad uh, uh, get mad at you for bringing up Jesus. Why are you mad at me? I thought everybody was facing this way all week. So we play the I'll face God on Sunday and I'll face the world Monday through Saturday and wonder why when we get back to church he ain't there no more. And wonder why I was, I was feeling the church but I ain't feeling it no more. Amen. It's because... You refuse to face God. You have your back to God most of your life. We have to return. 
God, my God, I'm trying to help you understand the revelation of return. We have to return to the God. There are times where you just got to catch yourself. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are, I, I get it because I'm human too. There are times where you got to catch yourself. And if you got to, don't just put your phone up, unplug it and cut that thing off uh, and say, I'm going to get in the face of God. Unplug the TV. I'm going to get in the face of God. Uh, don't take no calls and cut off your notifications. I'm going to get in the face of God. Sometimes you got to Hold on. I've been going too long outside of his face. Let me pull this thing back in. Glory be to God. Because there's only so many times I can do this. Then try to do this. Go ahead and move. Stop. Do this. And say, dog, he ain't here no more. Then I got to cry, struggle. Then I got to say, God, why you leave me? God, why you leave me like this? God, why, why did you abandon me? God, where are you? There's so many saints running around asking God where he is. And God is looking back at the saints and saying, where you been? My God, if you would have been here, you would have known that it's been time to move on. Then you get here. Amen. And then I go back again. Then you move. Then I try to come back to where you were. You ain't there no more. Now I got to go through hell and high water again. Struggle crying out, God, why did you abandon me? What eventually am I going to do? I'm not going to be hot. I'm not going to be cold. I'm just going to find a place in the middle and be lukewarm. I'll show up for church when I feel like it. I'll pray when it fits in my schedule. I'll do a little 15 minute devotional every now and again. I'll give God the praise when something good happens in my life. I'll sit in the middle. But my problem with this church, Laodicea, my problem with you, Church of Laodicea, is I would that you were either hot. Because if you are hot, I could lead you. And if you were cold, I could save you. But since I can't lead you nor save you, the only thing left for me to do is spew you out of my mouth. See, if you're just here, you can be saved. If you're there, you can be led. But if you want to act like you're somewhere you're not, there is no hope. Don't anybody tell your neighbor there's a fight for your face. I dare somebody to give God some praise right there. Come on. If you just bless God for a cleansing word, if you bless God for a sanctifying word, if you bless God for a word that can actually give us the life God promised us, if you bless God, God said, I don't care what you tell me, as long as it's right, I'm going to receive it. I need a righteous seed. I need a holy generation. I need some folks that just want to see the power and the holiness of God. This is love. This is love. Not that, 
No, I'm moving from Facebook back to FaceTime. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I need somebody here to say I'm shutting down Facebook and I'm committing back to FaceTime. He says the reward is for those that will seek my face. Oh, Lord God. The reward is for those that will seek. Seek my face. Amen. Goosebumps in church can't replace you seeking his face. The, the anointing that's flowing on you right now can't replace you seeking his face. You still have to go home and seek his face. For they have turned their back on me and not their face. It's dangerous to have our back on God. Why? Because the spirit is a leader and not a follower. He's not going to follow you because you left. He's still going to lead whether you're following or not. If you are led by a leader, you won't follow. Eventually you get left. You get stuck in the middle. I've never ran across, and I say this with all the respect that I can, so many lukewarm saints. Hallelujah. So many saints where I have to bring down my conversation because if I don't, I'll run them off. So I got to water it down to football and basketball. We can't talk about the kingdom and passion and running after God. And if I do too much of that, they're going to be run off. There has to come a time. We need, we need preachers who are down to earth. I would suggest we need preachers that are up to heaven. We got enough down to earth preachers. We got enough preachers we can relate to. How, how about getting a preacher that can bring you into relationship with God? Amen. Watch this. Every time we're there and we go back to the world and then we try to turn around and go back to God, we have to turn around and look. You know what we have to find? We have to turn around and find our prayer. Where did I leave it? Anybody ever left your prayer life? Then you tried to go back to it and figure out it wasn't where you last was. You tried to pray. Amen. And before you know it, in 10 minutes, you was back out because you couldn't focus. You couldn't concentrate. You didn't feel good. Anybody ever did that before? Anybody ever tried to get back in the word after you left it? And when you get back in it, nothing's hitting, nothing is understanding. You're falling to sleep and you cannot maintain a duration of more than 20 minutes in reading the word of God. Anybody ever tried to get back to the word of God and figured out that it ain't there no more? What I'm telling you is you are in a dangerous position. If that is your story, if that is your testimony, there has to be some adjustments made. You're living your life and I'm living my life with my back turned to God. I'm giving my face to some, something else. Because I can't lose something I never left. I can't lose my keys if they're always in my pocket. Can't lose my wallet if I always got it. And I can't lose my prayer life if I kept it. There had to be at some point. 
turning. Turning. A turning of the face. Watch this. He says in Jeremiah 2 verse 27. I'm going back here. He says. For they have turned their back unto me. And not their face. This is the crazy part. But in the time of trouble. They will say arise. And save us. Our back has been to God. But when we get in trouble. We ask God where are you? Come on that's what we were taught to do. When you get in trouble just call on them. But I wouldn't have to call them if I walk with them. I wouldn't have to call them if I commune with them. You're not going to call me here if me and you are already here together. You might point my attention to something, but we already together. Watch this. One of my favorite scriptures. Psalm 46, verse number one. Psalm 46, verse number one. I love this scripture and I love what it says. And I've taught this before, this principle, but I believe that it is a perfect point to reiterate that that. This scripture. Psalm 46, verse number one. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Glory to God. He says here. To the chief musician for the, uh, for the sons of Korah, a song upon Elamoth. This is the part that I want to look at. God is our refuge and strength. A very what? In what? He said, you're going to call me in trouble, but God says, I want to be a very present help in trouble. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Or get this, he wants to already be present when we need help. I'm going to say that again. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. In other words, he already wants to be present. Come on, when we need help. He doesn't want us to have to find him. He already wants to be beside us when we are facing trouble. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. Not who we find when we get in trouble. We don't fetch God. He's not a dog. Glory be to God. He's not He's not a security team. He, he, he is God. He is our he is the good shepherd he is the one that walks through uh, with us through the valley of the shadow of death glory be to God and so now he wants us to understand I want to be present when you need help I don't want you to have to call on me when you need help glory be to God I want to already be there when the emergency happens I want to already be there when the tragedy strikes I want to already be there when the enemy comes in like a flood I already want to be present and help you from a present position but so many of us are trying to fight the devil and find God at the same time we're trying to fight the devil and find God because when trouble came he wasn't present we, we were not practicing the presence of God amen that's what he was that was his issue in Jeremiah's day the issue was, he said, your problem is when I found you, I found you uh, struggling, suffocating in your own blood. And I picked you up and I washed you. 
I cleanse you. I matured you. I prospered you. I blessed you. Now you can eat what you want to eat. And now you can go where you want to go. And now you can pay all of your bills. And now you're brand new. He said, your problem isn't you don't know how to handle uh, attack. Your problem is you don't know how to handle the blessing. I get your back when you get blessed. I'm so tired. I'm talking about folk get a little bit of money and want to throw God's back. Do you understand how fast that money can go? Do you understand that is an unsure foundation? Soon as we get a little bit of extra money, soon as we can travel a little bit more, soon as we can buy stuff that we like we see other people buying, now we get too astute for God. Now we get too sedity and sophisticated for God. Now you don't want to know how to cry out. Now you want to give this pretty praise and this pretty shout. The same God that kept, that allowed me not to lose my mind is the same God that's going to keep my mind. The same God... Don't try to dilute your devotion now. Our problem is we get the, see, do you understand why God takes so much time blessing us with more than enough? Because he knows the average person that gets more than enough can't handle it in their character of pride to, oh, glory be to God, without doing it. So then after God blesses you, he has to resist you. Because God resists the and if I give you this, I waited 10 years to do it. And the moment I did, you trying to act brand new. Now it's hard to praise God. I had no problem with you praising me when that praise meant your, uh, meant your life. I have no problem with you praising me when your praise meant your light bill. What happens when you can pay for what you, could, you used to have to pray for? What you going to give God now? A lot of people don't understand it. They think I get up here and be desperate like this because I'm desperate from some, for anything. Everything is taken care of in my life. Everything is handled. I'm, I, I got more than I need. It always flows that way. But I refuse to change my running after God because he blessed me. I want God to know you can trust me with the blessing. You can give me a bigger house, but I still ain't going to skip going to yours. You can give me more money, but I'm still going to give to the kingdom. You can give me more time, and you can trust me to give you more time. Oh, we thought the big house and the money was the point. Some of you are about to get blessed out of your mind. Some of you are about to have money hit your hand that ain't never hit your hand before. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Some of you are about to get opportunities you never had. And I'm telling you, that's the most dangerous time of your walk with God. It's hard to fast when you can afford $150 meals. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? It's hard to fast. Hallelujah. When you ain't got to skip a restaurant. We can go to that one, that one, and that one. What day we on? (laughs) 
And the only way you're going to do it is if you're facing God. If you're facing the world, you're going to stop seeing a point in fasting. You're going to start getting, start getting mad at me for calling a fast, as if I'm doing something unbiblical. Here he goes again. What you want me to do? It's in the Bible, huh? I know it's all in here, and I'm like, why y'all getting attitude with me? Like I made this up. Here he go again, calling a fast. <laughs> and the problem is some of you don't have more than me, and I'm fasting. You living off less and refuse to fast. With God be able to save your soul if he gave you more? Would you even stay safe? Watch this. Watch this. Somebody shout, this is love. love. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 32. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He's now describing the condition of Israel. He's describing the fact that they have their back to him and not their face, not by intention, but because their face has been in a fight and the enemy has gotten their face through carnality, worldliness, compromise, and sin. They have not openly turned their back on God, but they have by what they continue to place their face on. And they don't know it. Right? So God, right from the beginning, said, he calling them out. He says, can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Do you know that God counts the days you don't give any significant prayer? Do you know that God counts the days you don't give him any significant worship? Because he's saying, I expect the sinner not to give me nothing. I expect the car, but my own people, I got to wait days to actually get a fervent and effectual prayer out of you. And you, my people. I got to wait days for you to actually study a chapter of the Bible and you're my people. I got to wait days. It's dangerous. Hear me, people of God. Amen. I came with a prophetic weight on my shoulders this morning. Hear me, people of God, because I don't want you to be condemned, but I do need you to be convicted. Because I promise you, if we don't amend our ways, there's some people that are going to go further into captivity than they already are. You're already struggling. But it's going to get worse. Amen. Can a maid forget her ornaments? Or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. It's dangerous when we need trouble to remember God. Do y'all hear what I just said? It's dangerous when we can go days and weeks without true praying fervently and we ultimately need trouble to pray fervently. 
It's dangerous when we can go days and weeks without significantly seeking the Lord and ultimately need trouble to seek him. And we wonder why sometimes he don't come through. Because we tried to wait until trouble. But you know the goodness of God? The goodness of God is, is even though you only seek me in the time of trouble, I'll come help you in your trouble. I'm not going to leave you to the enemy. I'm going to now release deliverance anyway. Can I get somebody in here that can appreciate the God that'll respond to our cry even when it's selfish, even when it's self-centered, even when we have been thinking about God. He loves us enough to come when we cry anyway. Anybody thank God that he takes long-distance calls? Uh, glory be to God. Uh, I know we ain't walked in a while. I ain't prayed like that in a while. Me and you ain't been like that in a while, but I need to make a long distance call today and we thank our God that he still takes long distance calls oh I wish somebody in here would bless him for it I wish somebody in here would praise him for it he is good listen I want you to understand that this is a time of making adjustment but this is a time to still praise God because he blessed you anyway he saved the marriage anyway he touched your body anyway he made a way anyway he gave you the job anyway he blessed you with the money anyway somebody shout he's good I'm about to close. Come on, do y'all feel the gravity of this, this word? I need y'all to feel the weight of what's being said. I need you to understand that this is from God and not from man. The Lord messed me up. Last night when he gave me this word, I had no idea what I was going to preach. It was after 9 o'clock. I planned on getting up at 4 a.m. anyway, so I told my family and my children. I said, I'm going to bed because I'm going to get up between 3, 30, 4 o'clock, and I'll see what the Lord is going to say. And when I got up to go to sleep like I normally do, if I, if I don't have anything prepared, amen, I'll get up early in the morning. If I do, I still get up in the morning, amen, but I said, I'm going to plan to get up and prepare. I don't know what you want to say, God. And the God said, once I got to my bed, I took off all my clothes like I normally do put on my little basketball shorts uh, with my t-shirt uh, and when I pull back the cover God said drop on your knees and begin to praise me and pray glory be to God uh, and so at 9 about 9 15 uh, I began uh, to pray unto God on my knees uh, I'm fatigued I'm tired uh, glory be to God uh, but something kicked in I don't even know how to explain what happened in that room something happened uh, the life of God filled me uh, and I began uh, to feel the weight of this prophetic word falling on my shoulders I didn't even know the scripture uh, but God gave me the word. Do you understand? I didn't know Jeremiah 2 and 27. All I knew is God said, tell my people they've given me my back. They're back.
back and not my face. And I said, God, where is it? And he showed it to me. And before I know it, I'm in a glorious worship. My wife works in the room about 10.15, 10.30, and she's shocked because she know when I go to bed, I go to bed. But God released breakthrough. And God said, I need you to telegram the saints of God and tell them there's breakthrough in the spirit. Come on, I need somebody to recognize there's breakthrough. Sometimes you got to go beyond how you feel to experience the breakthrough. Hallelujah. 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 So today we break the cycle. So today we break the cycle. We break the cycle of facing God on Sunday and facing the world Monday through Saturday. Today God gets our face back. I am not just going to be one who confesses Christ. I'm going to be a worshiper. Everybody stand to your feet. The Lord says one thing, you know, if he's speaking to you to respond, I want your face back. If you know, I need you to come up here without condemnation. I need you to come up here without shame. I need you to come up here without embarrassment. But I need you to come up here with a made up mind. You are not condemned. You are not guilty, but there is an adjustment that must be made. Come on, if you're serious. I know there's others in this room right now. Some of you are being brought to tears because you're feeling God's love for you. You're feel, come on, you've been called to his face. You will find life in his face. You will never be satisfied without his face. His face is where me and you live. I'm open this altar. I need you to get up here if you need to get up here in the name of Jesus. Yenan so da 